And welcome along to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Thanks very much for all those who started to subscribe. We're now available on all platforms and I will send out the links on my Twitter account at Ian Cheeseman and on my Facebook account, which is Ian Cheeseman Forever Blue. Um, So you should be able to find us now and subscribe and give us five stars and give us a nice rating and we appreciate that. And I should also say thank you very much to Hot Click Marketing Manchester who stepped in as sponsors when our last sponsor went away. Uh, They specialise in Google Ads and pay-per-click management and uh, they're based in Manchester, one of the UK's leading PPC management agencies. Uh, They understand uh, the advertising needs of all sorts of businesses and are certified premier Google and Bing partners. They have the skills and expertise to get your digital marketing campaigns up to speed. So thanks very much to Hot Click Marketing. Um, Also, thanks to the Holiday Inn, which is where we are, at Central Park in Manchester. And uh, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Ian Cheeseman. I host the Forever Blue podcast. And I have, as always, uh, a crew of people here. Is that the right word? A crew? A a posse, and it's a very glamorous po- uh, posse here today. Thank you very much, Star- <laughs> starting with the man with the beard and the bobble hat, who is always glamorous, Mr. Paul Risby. Thank you very much. Uh, my, well, just introduce me, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? You don't want to say anymore? No, nothing to add to that, is it? Glamour and my name. Prestige. We have got oh, a guy. Prestige yeah. car repairs, yeah. We, have, we, have, have, one in. we have got Will here who's filming us, and in the future, we're hoping that we're going to be appearing on. I'm going to be putting the podcast on my YouTube channel as well, um, or certainly parts of it. So thanks very much to Will, who is the silent uh, member of the team but here. also glamorous with a beard. Absolutely. But it does mean that the three um, Muppets that are with me today uh, <laughs> might be playing to the camera a little bit. I noticed you were, no, Paul, anyway. What are we talking about, <laughs> Right, so who are the other two? Emily. <laughs> Yeah, I know who you are. So tell the podcast oh, listener who you are. Um, yeah, it's Emily from uh, Right for King of the Kip Hacks, do Bits Bobs podcast, BBC Radio 5 Live, bits and pieces here and there. Kip Hacks Girl Emily on Twitter, and not done it for a while, so it's nice to be back. I'm Louisa at one underscore LA on Twitter. You know, get in there, get a good name. Um, yeah, I've been a blue all my life and um, used to work with Ian on Blue Tuesday. Right, we're going to talk about all sorts of things today. Later on, I want to talk about heroes, city heroes. Uh, and later this week, uh, as I'm saying later this week, obviously, I don't know when you're listening to the podcast, but on the Thursday of the week that when this was released, if that's not too confusing. So that's the 7th of March. The Andy Morrison interview that I recorded, which Emily was with me for as well, um, which is a fantastic interview, though I'll say so myself, is going to be um, available to download on this podcast platform. So spread the word, tell people about that. And for that reason, we're going to talk about heroes a little bit later on. But first of all, we've got to start with a game at the weekend down at Bournemouth. Um, talk about parking the bus. I mean, we, we've all we've <laughs> sung the song at Old Trafford, um, you know, when... when uh, Mourinho's team parked the bus, but this was the ultimate example of parking the bus that made Mourinho's team look like an attacking team. Uh, uh, you know, what was it, 80 odd percent? I think they parked the number 83 bus, didn't they? 83% <laughs> I think they parked. I mean, well, it, was, it was embarrassing, wasn't it? From, from a stats point of view, um, <clears throat> but from a city point of view, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was in the sense that City completely dominated, and there was it never felt like there was any danger that Bournemouth were going to score. They didn't have a shot, they didn't have a corner, they just showed no threat, no ambition, or whatever. I was shocked. I can only conclude that because they'd been hammered 
uh, in midweek by Arsenal that they'd been so stung and thought, well, the last thing we need now is two of these in a week. Mm. But it, surely it doesn't excuse it, does it? Yeah, Edison could have gone for like a three-course slap-up dinner, couldn't he? You know, because he was just so redundant. There's, like, there's a Twitter account called Bored Edison because he's always bored. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Ridic- it was ridiculous. First half, I wasn't overly impressed by City, with City. I thought we were a bit lacklustre. It was a bit uninspired. Um, but the second half was a different story. And a big difference for me in the second half was David Silva. He really stepped it up and we saw some vintage passing from Silva in the second half and he was really influential. But Zinchenko again. I know. Honestly, absolutely. (coughs) He's such a breath of fresh air and everybody's kind of thinking when's Mendy coming back. But at the moment... Don't want I mean, would he, <laughs> would, he even, would he even get in? That, that's what I can't see where he would. To be honest, I, I don't. I don't think well, we know where he would. He's a left back. Yeah, well, that's not the question. Yeah. He's would he? Yeah. Well, I think with with uh, Mendy, the difference is with Mendy, he'd probably park himself at the back, which is you know kind of obviously what defenders are supposed to do. But with Zinchenko, currently he is at the back. But then the next minute he's going up and he's creating like he did towards the end. Mm. You know, he created. Is, it, is Zinchenko the best of? When Fabian Delph filled in for Mendy last season, we saw a more footballing left-back and uh, the more flexibility to come into midfield. It feels like you've got that with Zinchenko. He is a naturally attacking player because he's really a winger or a number 10, uh, but he's also fast or fastish. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's the fastest player, but, but he has got some pace. You know, and he can come back and he seems to really learn the fullback role. He's pacey and he's got trickery about him and he's actually worked on his strength and that shows, you know, um, in the West Ham game, I think he was against Antonio and you could tell the difference in him. At Wembley against Chelsea, you know, well, Pedro didn't get a say and Willen didn't get anything. They were both in his pockets, weren't he's grow- they? He's growing he's, every game, yeah, isn't he's Every growing. game he grows. And, he's, you know. he's turned into a man, he's like blossoming almost. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. His physicality is improved. Did we say it was a Southampton one where he made that mistake? Um, yep. And then he, he came back from it. <coughs> and I think ever since then, something's just switched inside him and he's been on absolute fire ever since. He just wants to learn, doesn't he? I think every, every game he plays, he just wants to... Um, he, he learns by his mistakes. He's learning on the go, I think, isn't he? He's had to. But it's um, the confidence as well. Yeah. I mean, that's what, obviously, most play, that's how most players become great, yeah, yeah. because of the confidence. He's young, isn't he? But I've Funny. not seen a moment in the last probably half a dozen matches where there's been he's even had any doubt. So then I don't have any doubt because no. he's not got any. He's got a really no. good attitude and I think that's what Pep really likes about him. Well, he know. didn't want to leave, did he? He didn't want to leave. I'm, he wanted, I'm, like, I'm not place. going anywhere. And a lot of City fans were like, why are you staying? But look what's happened, the proof's in the pudding. And he's doing so well. But like I say, the physicality aspect of him, he's really worked on his fitness, he's really built his strength up. You can look at Mendy and that's to his credit. He's really built. Mm. But he's agile as well with it. And he, the, some of the balls he can whip in, he, he's, his trickery on the wing really suits Pep's style of football. Well, the, so, goal, the goal at weekend, there wasn't, oh, I think it was... the build-up play yeah. to the goal, him and Silva. Mm. Fantastic, it magic, weren't it? Yeah, because yeah, what really did he come to the club as a was he a, a, a striker one? He's, he's more of a winger, I think. Yeah, yeah, left winger. Yeah. Um, so and arguably he's he's competing with with uh, Sane, mm. you know. But 
I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I've got to ask this question. Um, you know, we've, we've seen intermittently Mendy, and we've seen him probably at his best, but only in short spurts. If you, not Pep, you were picking the team, you know, two or three weeks from now in big games, and Mendy's saying, I'm absolutely fit, I'm back to match fitness, who do you pick? in that left full-back position. Uh, Zinchenko, for me, at the moment, like Bernardo, is undroppable. Mm, With the form he's in at the moment, I haven't seen anything from Mendy that convinces me of the fee that we've paid for him. I don't think anybody has. No. (laughs) He's not played enough. Obviously, he's he's not had the chance. And it may be unfair to really judge him. So, you know, people might say give him a bit of a chance. But at the moment, Zinchenko, for me, has to start. Yeah, we don't need to give him a chance at the minute because there's nothing missing from no. that role. So, no. you know, the, the lad's going to have to fight for his own place oh, yeah. when he can get a play. What's happened to Delph? I mean, obviously, going He's slightly. Injured. Is he injured? An- ankle injury. Because you don't hear anything from him. You don't yeah. hear anything about it. And Well, it's funny because when Pep's asked about um, Delph, uh, one week he'll say, yes, he's fit and he's back training. And then he just doesn't play, doesn't feature. And then somebody will say, I thought Delph was fit again. And they go, no, he's had an injury. Uh, and then the next week, is he fit again? Yes, he's fit again. Then you don't see him. And then somebody will go, how come Delph wasn't on the bench? Well, he had a bit of an injury again. Mm. So I don't know if he's getting little injuries or these are almost excuses as yeah. to why he's not picking them. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Because was he not on the bench last match, I suppose? I've got to be honest, down at Bournemouth, I never saw the <laughs> list of the bench. I didn't have a team sheet or yeah. anything. So. I don't think he'd been on the bench but again he just didn't materialise so I mean we can sit here making conspiracy theories and thinking is there something else going on here but then if he's in and out be on holiday with Mendy (laughs) in terms of quality though what you're saying is that he'd probably be at least third in the line wouldn't he Uh, certainly that left full back position Mm -hmm. I'd play uh, (laughs) play Delph above Mendy I'm not not, really yeah, yeah I would, absolutely. That's just, quite damning, I, that. It, well, I know. <laughs> 50 million pound defender here. Well, yeah, but, you know, I've seen more of Delph than I have of Mendy, yeah. and, and he's convinced me more. When I've seen Mendy, like the Wolves game, for example, um, he, he got found out. He made a few big errors. I Still got a load it, of assists, though, hasn't he? Yeah, I think if it was the beginning of the season, I, I, I don't think I'd might necessarily agree with you, but considering we're at the stage we're at right now, yeah. I don't want to take any chances no. to see if he can fit into mm. this squad. We're not in a position where we can do that. We've got nine games to go and we can't lose. I mean, we're one point ahead, but that is nothing. We cannot afford to let anything slip, like Gerard said. Well, we can talk about this in more, in more depth, you know, in terms of, of where City are now in the title race. But just while we're on this left-back position, uh, on Friday, I go to the press conferences, and on Friday, uh, Pep sort of revealed that there were two or three players that he was considering signing in the summer. He didn't name them. Of course, he wouldn't name them. But there's been a long-standing rumour that one of them is Ben Chilwell, who is a left-back from Leicester. So let's throw him into the mix. I know none of us are experts in Ben Chilwell, I know some people like to put themselves up as experts of everything. I don't. I haven't seen Ben Chilwell playing regularly. I've seen enough of him. I've seen bits of him. I've seen him play against City. Based on what I've seen, what you've seen, would you think, well, hang on a minute, we haven't got a problem there. Zinchenko plays there and Mendy is the alternative. Or does City need to solve it by signing Ben Chilwell? 
Or another player like that? I think it'd be harsh, wouldn't it, on Zinchenko, particularly in the one of format he's in. To I just can't see how he can drop him. I can't at the moment, anyway. I do find that he will sign a left back, and if it's chill, well, fair enough. But would you sign him? I think it's a potential. I think luxury. I would to Not... get somebody else in because Mendy. Is he still injured anyway? Is he not? So we've really only got Zinchenko. I think it happens to Zinchenko next match. Mendy isn't fully fit. Delph isn't fully fit. Now what do we do? But even that answer, it damns Mendy, doesn't it, with faint <laughs> praise? Because, because you, you know, the club spent £50 million on signing a left-back. What, what you're saying, paraphrasing you, is that we've signed a left-back who's never fit and we're not sure if he's going to be fit. We've now got a wife winger that's converted into a left back who's done all right, they being Delph sort of already injured. So your words are, so we should still sign a left back. And that is quite <laughs> damning, yeah. really, when you think about it, isn't about it? Danilo, though? Well, Danilo can play at left back, but yeah, he's, yeah. he's really more of a right yeah. back, isn't he? Mm. I'm not yeah. sure I'd want to see him play permanently at left back, but I can see him playing there in an emergency. He has that, and, and then Laporte obviously is the other one who, who's oh, injured at the yeah. moment, but he can play it. I'm not sure I'd want to see left uh, Laporte left back regularly. No. I've Me- seen quotes recently from Pep though that hints at him being really frustrated with Mendy and his injuries, which is like I say, some people might listen and think, oh, it's, it's harsh that, and you kind of look at company and all the injuries he's had, and he's still going strong. So, you know, potentially we are being a little bit harsh and we do need to see a little bit more of it. But at the moment, the left-back we've got Zinchenko, for me, is in the, the best form of, that we've ever seen him play and he can't go anywhere. The thing is, if you're running a business and you've got somebody that's like a good player, you're told they're fantastic, they're going to do this, they're going to bring this to your, your business, and but then they're constantly throwing sickies. Yeah. There is a point where you got in touch with HR and just go, listen... But you I don't promise think, this, I mean, you really, promise that, that and you're not... That's not Pep's territory, and I, I mean, I don't know the guy whatsoever, but I honestly do not think he, those thoughts go through his head whatsoever. There are, there are quite capable staff to, to deal with that side. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The point I'm saying is, is, is how, how, how long does Pep, being yeah. the boss... Put up with absolutely this player who keeps being, you know, employee mm-hmm. keeps being injured. Yeah, but I don't and, think he and, has and, to put up with him because he just picks the squad that's fit. Yeah, but at some point you have day. to you have to think right. Well, I've got all these players. Mm. You know, we can only have so many players in a squad for the Champions League. Yeah. We can only have so many players on the book. We've got wages. We've got financial fair play again looming about. Was he, at some point, was he on the bench recently and then he got injured again. Yeah, and he, and he's supposedly fit again. But but you've mentioned Vincent Company before. Mm-hmm. Vincent Company has just been offered, he's about to be offered, I think, a new one-year contract extension. Should also mention, by the way, that Mangala's been given a one-year yeah. contract yeah. extension. Um, that's, a, again, a slightly different subject, which maybe I'll come back to. But in terms of company, the, the reason he's, he's meant to be, he's mentioning this part of it, is because company has this injury record. So what's the difference between Mendy being injured and company being injured? Is there a difference? I think I think expectation with Mendy with that price tag comes with a lot of expectation. The company is slightly different. I'm biased, obviously. I can't take blue tinted specs off a company because you know he comes in all the time and he does a really good job. 
He's always capable. He's always solid. He came on at half-time at Wembley. It was fantastic. So he's always there. And we know what he can do. And that's <clears> the difference. It, yeah, if I is... see Mendy and I know what he can do, then I'll be a little bit more convinced by him. And it's not his fault that I haven't. Because well, I've been not injured, been convinced of what I've seen him do so exactly. far. I think we've had this yeah. discussion on one of the vlogs. He's got a turning circle, the QE2. Yeah. Yeah. He, might, he, might, he might be quick yeah. once he's got going. Yeah. But over them, them yards, if you get like a Mo Salah against him, he's snookered. Yeah. He's I, gone. I think the other thing is we've watched this team, and we discussed this last time, sort of change and morph and develop so quickly this season that... Somebody like can can he keep up? You know, he's he's not ready for the squad. You can have a season out and get left behind, can you? Well, look at De Bruyne the other night. He looked lost. De Bruyne's looked lost since he's come back. No, like a shade of his former self. I'm going to move on to Kevin De Bruyne. Let's go back to Mangala then. Why do you think Mangala's been given a one-year contract extension? So we can extension? get money back for him. You're you cynic. <laughs> He's one of the best central defenders we've ever had. Yeah. This is a business now. This isn't well, 20 years yeah, ago. He, the, he, not everybody's watching this on video. You, <laughs> you've got to explain. You know, you can't just do a subtle one like that. I thought you might have known, saw me sarcasm in. Anyone that watches City knows that must be sarcasm. Um, you bang on with it. It's, it's financial. Yeah. It's financial. I didn't, even know, I didn't even know he still played for us, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't. Seriously. <laughs> I didn't. I thought Seriously. he's gone. Thought and yet, last season, he made one or two actually key appearances when Vincent was injured and, you know, there were little problems at the back. And, you know, he, he wasn't terrible in those games. Or am I, how did I see He's had one games? good game, hasn't he? He played one good game for City and was against Chelsea. I think he's played more than more than one. No, I do, one good game. He's played a few games, but he's only had one game. Well, I'm saying he's played more than one game well. Right. But... I, I accept and I agree that he's not lived up to the expectation level. Um, I mean, is there an argument to say, and if you all feel that it's all about cynically trying to cash in and on a sale next summer, then there's, there's no debate to be had. But, you know, if, if he can prove his consistent fitness now no. and he's over that, would you not consider no. him... I'm not even finished the sentence. <laughs> I've not even finished the sentence. No. No, it's not like, you know, I, I want to be respectful because it's rude if you're not, but you've got no. to be realistic, haven't you? You've got to be realistic. John Stones, Laporte, Ottomendi, company. Oh, I mean, if all four go, there, and we are, really are up shit creek with no paddle, then fair enough, but, you know... You've got to be realistic, haven't He's you? He's got to edit that now. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I'm playing a bit of devil, devil's advocate here. Perhaps, perhaps Pep's seen something in training. <laughs> we don't know. He, we don't know, do we? He might have seen something in training and thought, I might convert him into a left-back. Or it, I, it could be, we could put him up front. It could be a striker. We, we, I'm, only, I'm yeah, slightly yeah. tongue-in-cheek, but yeah. he it, might have seen We don't know. It's my job to play devil's advocate. You right, utilise <laughs> him in some way. I mean, I there's also the element of there are uh, not... A lot of players, but a few players now, I guess, coming towards the end of their careers with this one-year contract, mm. either to see them to the end or to see if they can be sold. So if you look a little bit into the future, which there are people at City that have to do this, and, and any company has to do this, then they're probably trying to cover those bases as well. 
because if you know three four players disappear in the next season or two yeah, yeah. and we've already got players that we have played for paid for then why not keep them around and why not keep them training and it doesn't matter if they play or not keep them training keep them fit you know it's, it's yeah. not just this season yeah, that that club looks yeah. It's a luxury though, that, isn't it? I it's all for it. the money, let's just be honest. Well, another player whose contract has been discussed this week is Ilkay Gundogan, mm-hmm. um, who still has effectively 18 months of his contract to go. Uh, Pep um, was sort of saying, well, we've made we've made the offer now and we want him to sign it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or if not yesterday, today. But we want him to do it. His quotes have come back. Uh, I think my mate Stuart Brennan, who works for the Manchester United News, spoke to him after the game at Bournemouth, and uh, the the answers were, you know, I'm in no rush. It's not a, I want to get away from City, who wouldn't want to play for the greatest coach in the world, or certainly one of them. Um, but I'm, I'd be quite happy to let the contract. These were his quotes: run down and run out in 2020, and then even discuss it. Now that's unusual, and that obviously puts City in a difficult position because then they have to think to themselves, like they're doing with Mangala. Uh, then, if we gamble that he's going to sign for us, we could lose whatever sell-on fee potentially we could get. So that puts City in a position. He holds all the cards if he does that. So, where, who do you side with on this? City, Gundogan? How do you? How do you? Because Gundogan is a much discussed player mm. who I really rate, mm. and at the moment is. Yeah filling in for Fernandinho. And I think when people around me start criticising him, I'm thinking, I'm not sure you're being fair here. Mm. I don't sort of argue with them, but I, I actually think he's a better player than a lot of people give him credit for. So where, where are you on Gundogan? Well, I, I, I'd want him to sign. I'd certainly want him to sign. I think he's. I think we said it earlier on this show um, <clears throat> that Gundogan's so underrated. He's not Kevin De Bruyne, he's not a David Silva. He is more of a sort of Fernandinho. We think we we said it a few episodes ago. Um, I think he's well worth, well worth you know a new contract. Mm. Um, but do you force the issue because <coughs> they're offered him a new contract? Yeah, but how can you force the issue? You can't, can you? Well, you sell him. Ultimately, if next summer he still has the same position as a business, and Absolutely, you've talked yeah, a few yeah. times yeah, about yeah. A business, yeah. you do you go, well, we want him to stay, but actually if we don't sell him now, we're never going to get anything back Well, I think if he for gets him. to the summer, you've got to play hardball with him and say, listen, you've got 12 months to go on your contract, we can't have you running it down. He'll know that. He'll just be, he'll just be teasing him. Nobody's bigger than the club, are they? So, I mean, I really rate the guy. He's done fantastic recently. But if he wants to play hardball, let him play hardball and City will play it hard, like twice as hard back at him because mm-hmm. we're not going to be held to answer. We've been we've proved that with Sanchez, Fred, things like that. We're not we're not going to we're nobody's mug, are we? Virgil van Dijk, we didn't go for in the other Yeah. So dodge your bullet there, didn't we? I mean, I'd love to keep him, but if he wants to act petulant over it, then then let him. And for me, the the better news is that Bernardo Silva is looking to sign a six-year deal and that I'm over the moon about. Absolutely. And he's showing the difference because he's mad keen to sign it. 
So we've gone to our As KDB be, was. Yeah. But Bernardo <coughs> gets a, a pretty much a full match every time, whereas Gundogan doesn't. And again, we, we brought this up a couple of weeks ago, whereas, you know, does Gundogan want to be the big fish in the little pond? Because, you know, there are players in the world that, that are like that and they do want that. Mm. And City, City, he can't be that at City, even if he played a full 90 minutes. So does what does he personally want? We'll never know the answer to that. But it, that's worth considering. It's yeah. not necessarily always about the money or about the length of contract. Mm. Sometimes it's just about the individual and what they might want from want their to, own play. Might want to play more. Exactly, and he doesn't get to play more. And it might not be nothing about money or time. It might be about he wants 90 minutes on the pitch. And if Southampton choose to sign him and mm. they say, you're guaranteed 90 minutes... He, he might go. His age is relevant in that it's debate, isn't it? Because he's an older yeah, player. He is. He mm. is. And you can talk about age is different in this one, but Sane for me at the moment, because he is looking like, has he got a bit of an attitude problem? Look really, really frustrated sat, in the, sat on the bench at the weekend, really annoyed. And, you know, he's not getting necessarily the game time that necessarily he will well, think he that he... needs to learn it, doesn't well, he? Oh, yeah, of course, but... <clears throat> Take that chance when he gets in. He, you know, I don't think he has been doing. He he may be weighing up his options. Interesting. Obviously, KDB went off injured again. I mean, at the time when he played the ball down the wing, because I watched him deliver that, and my position was sort of right behind him, and it didn't look like anything mm. happened, and I didn't understand why he walked off after that. But the reports seemed to suggest he could be out for a while. Um, I've I've felt personally that he's not been delivering what we're used to from him no. in the spell that he's been back. And my mate who I talk to at games and, and often on the journeys there and back, you know, is, is feeling that that little bit of extra twist and turn that you mm. do without thinking about it in his knees or possibly in his right knee, because he's a right-footed player, hasn't quite... He hasn't had the confidence to do that. Mm. And ironically, in the last two games, he just started to show... Yeah for the first time <clears throat> that he was doing that again yeah. and maybe that's why it's gone yeah. and yeah. and I and, and I must admit the first time he got the injury I wondered I expected him to go off to Barcelona to this expert yeah. and have it all and they said oh no no he'll be alright I expected that actually. is it yeah. time now yeah. to send him yeah I think so and write yeah. him off for the season yeah. I think I mean the thing with Aguero um, last season you know when was it last season when he needed uh, treatment and you could tell that he was playing differently and he wasn't as, as spot on as he always is and and he we needed him for the season and then he toppled off the and look how he's come back exactly oh, yeah. he's... and I think KGB it's, n- it's not that he's gone off the boil or anything this is this is something that's niggled him all season and I think it's now time to say come on go you know go and get it done I was frustrated though and he has gone for me off the boil obviously it's frustrating the West Ham game for me and what I was frustrated about was the fact that Maros was getting so much stick off City fans where for me Kevin De Bruyne didn't show anything extra Maros was at least Maros was really trying Silva had an off game for me as well but it was always Maros who got the stick but it's reputation that carries Silva and Kevin De Bruyne sometimes because fans know what they're really capable of in a City shirt. I'm not saying that they don't know what Maris is capable of because we've seen him at Leicester. We know he's a fantastic player. But it just it was frustrating to see so many fans jump on Maris's back when there are other players out there having just as poor a game as... It's, it, I don't think really he helps difficult. himself, though, because there's been a tweet tonight, and I don't know if it's still on, and it was 
I think from him, I think it was the verified tick there, and he said something along the lines of, without it being a direct quote, um, something about half closing his eyes, kicking it with his right foot, not even knowing where it was going. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> what? I saw and, that quote. And to me, that's why a lot of City fans don't like the guy or don't trust he's, in him. Because you can't have a guy up the front just kicking balls around for fun. He did it towards the end of the game. He just he, it came back to him and he just whapped it with his foot and it, and it, went, it, it went. went over in the sea. I know. don't understand what you mean by that. Well, I saw the quote that uh, Louise was talking yeah. about of, of Mara's. It was pointed out to me by my son. And and um, my son at the moment isn't a huge fan of Mares, yeah. so he's pointing to it in this way that you've mm. just done there and said, have you seen this quote? Um, you know, when he got the ball, he admitted it was with his wrong foot, his right foot, his weaker foot, mm. and when I shoot with my right foot, I think this was pretty much the quote, I close my eyes and hope for the best. Yeah, I aim to hit said, it yeah. across the face of the goalkeeper, yeah, but it actually went in the other side. So I, it was a bit of a, fl- a, bit of a fluke. He might not have used the word fluke, but you, you get the conclusion at the end of that. How many fluky goals did Sean Goat score, though? With his shins. With his bum. <laughs> I mean... Don't matter, they all go in. If, if it goes in, I'm exactly. not, if yeah. it goes in the back of the net, I'm not bothered. I think, no, again, I think that's nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking against him. And it might be lost in translation as well. You That's what I, I was it's next. Gonna, I was next going to say, "What's his English like?" Yeah. But I don't think Silver would ever turn around and say, "I just kicked it and it was a fluke." You know, it. it well, he might have been joking. I've heard loads of players you, say that. You, you don't know, do you? He's, he's, you don't he's know. Clearly, having a laugh. He might have been and trying again, to have a joke about that it. You City don't know. Fans looking for an angle against him, and it's it, it really annoys but me. But if that is the case, then he shouldn't. If he if he's got an advisor, he shouldn't be putting yeah, that out, putting out to let City what, fans have no, it. You know, there's nothing, no harm in that whatsoever. No, I, I, I to me there isn't. It seems like there's. You, 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 you see my my Twitter line. My you're Twitter line is full of it. You have to get your pitchfork and and and, and that it, it, it's so touchy. City fans are just. I mean, so this quick is to interesting to hear the different views on this. Um, right, I'm going to leave that one for now. We're going to move on to a different area now. Um, as I've mentioned before, this this Thursday, the 7th of March, it might have been last Thursday when you're listening to this, um, you're going to hear the Andy Morrison interview about his life and career. And it's and it's been a, a career that's, a life in fact, that's full of light and shade, some really dark times, some great times, but he was also a magnificent leader for City. I think few people would would argue that and I've just recently hosted a couple of dinners and I'm going to host a couple more dinners and I've found people coming to me saying you know um, we'd like to get an ex-player to come to a dinner and the players that they want are not what you'd think you know you, uh, I mean there's been so many great heroes down the years and I'm deliberately not using the word legend because that comes sometimes becomes more contentious and people get upset about the word legend so let's keep it with heroes and they do pick out Sean Golter, uh, uh, Paul Dickoff, Andy Morrison, Nicky Weaver, Kevin Horlock, even though there have been players since then mm. that even they probably will admit have been better players than them, <laughs> yeah. but yet it, those are the ones that the fans relate Nostalgia. to. Uh, um, I mean, hero is, is, as I say, a different word from legend. Who are the heroes? Why are they heroes? Who are your heroes? I think I, I think some of these guys stick around the club, and they do. Is that pa- is that part of it? I think it is because mm. I, I think it shows 
the fans that they weren't just playing in a shirt for a bit of money every week. You know, they went through the tough times and the good times with the fans and they keep coming back to the club no matter where they ended their career they keep coming back and it's those faces that you see with you you know every week in week out and Sean Gold you know these are the, the the other people that have moved away or moved on or wherever they are in the world it's it's like out of sight out of mind sometimes not all the time but, but there are other, I mean I'm only putting this side of the argument here there are other you you, you know you were sort of hinting at the fact that some of these players will appear on the vlogs that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, they do. But I also talk to Dennis Stewart. I also talk yeah. to, um, you know, Glyn Pardo I've talked to and um, I'm, I'm Colin Hendry and Ray Peter Ramsey. Barnes yeah. And, yeah. and Richard Edgell. So they're all, yeah, Ray they, So they come from all different eras and yet it seems to be that 99 era yeah, that the fans are closer to. Um, I mean, the other side, of course, of, of, of what you're saying about... Uh, the, you know, they didn't play for the money, they played for the shirt. I, the cynical way yeah, of looking at that one is to say they hadn't learned any money when they were sitting. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, so they have a, more of a reason to stick around and, and work for the club if they can, whereas the more successful ones will say, I've moved on now, I don't need that anymore, I've got all the money in the bank. That's the other cynic. But I don't think yeah. it's just down to that, is it? Yeah. It's funny for me because I have different heroes from different city eras and I've got heroes from the era when we were bobbins you know and well I'm, that's that era isn't it no no no, no it's not no it's not no it's not yes it was we were in the third yeah, tier of English if football we were, if we were bobbins I don't want to insult any of them guys because no, I love no. them but, but if we were they bobbins, were bobbins no, if we were to bobbins, use your no. word if they were bobbins we wouldn't have got out of that league no, I think that's discrediting them seriously because... Well, many of them in the team that got that relegated. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know what you're saying, but they on, did get give, us in that Give them a little bit of credit. I think it's disrespectful. <laughs> Some of them got us in the, the yeah. league and then they yeah. fired off. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm lost kidding. with the humour because I do feel that's disrespectful. Let's listen to what she's got to say. No, when I... Like back in like ninety four, ninety five, like heroes for me were King Clancy, first name <laughs> on my shirt, absolutely amazing. He lit up my season ticket when we were we were pretty terrible. But King Clancy, what an absolute superstar he was. He was just absolutely unbelievable. But then I I like Brian Horton as a manager as well. I think that no, I did. You know, he was he in was his own little working class, so you couldn't speak a word of English. No. I think Brian he had a translator that lived with him. I think Brian Horton wasn't really given a fair shot, and you know he was gone too soon. I mm. love Paul Walsh. I agree. People are a bit yeah. indifferent about Niall Quinn, but he did a job for us back then as well. Mm. Steve Lomas. Terry Phelan. Gary Flitcroft. Peter Beagrey. Peter Beagrey out on the wing. Beagrey. Nicky Summerby. Nicky Summerby on the other end. He always end. did a good somersault, Beagrey, didn't he? Gary you know, Flitcroft. Ian Brightwell. Steve Redmond. Tony Coton. That that team, and then going on like then. Keith Curl. Nine, the 98-99 <laughs> season. And then obviously that's so much nostalgia because of the memories that it evokes. And it's so, so like, it just gets you in your gut when you think about it. That day at Wembley, it's just, oh my God. <laughs> when, when we sat with Andy Morris and I was nearly crying because I was just thinking, you don't understand what it meant to get. I got bullied so much by United fans it was absolutely horrific. And to get out of that, even if it wasn't, you know, a penalty yeah, yeah, shootout, yeah. where would we it's have been we if did we it. didn't get out of it? And and then moving on, you've got the Keegan era, Berkovic, Bernabia, mm. that fancy, that Cavalier-style football will just score 
more than we can yeah, you see score one four, shot. We'll get five. I'll take one it shot. today because I think that's why a lot of teams are, are still supporting us and fans, certainly currently, to, to win this league. <clears> because there are a lot of fans that are associating with what we've been through and I think wishing that they could do that as well. They mm. could come from, you know, there's even the bottom of the Premiership, even mm. if they just about escape the relegation and they don't go down a league. There are, there are many teams and fans that are, are just, I think, maybe a bit pleased for us and hoping that they can follow in the footsteps. I think they are, but I don't think that'll last for long. Because <coughs> we're, we, we're up there yeah. on a pedestal now, aren't we, but... Yeah. I think they are this season. Yeah. I think yeah. there's, oh, there's, yeah. there's definitely a feeling around the country <laughs> yeah. of anybody but Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I mean, think I don't think that's my imagination, no, is it? No, it's not. No. No. no, did you see the Everton fans after the match? Singing, Singing Blue, Blue Moon. Moon. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Sachs, it was gorgeous. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I also heard Everton fans during the game uh, singing a song which was I, I can't remember the words and obviously I don't want to get them wrong but to the equivalent of um, you know uh, it's never your fault yeah <laughs> they were actually sing, the Everton that. fans and I'm thinking <laughs> that's something that, that Manchester fans often sing to Merseyside yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it was but it's not it's to Liverpool isn't it mm. and uh, the, the Everton fans were singing it to I have, um, the Liverpool fans it was the thought, wind's fault so you know I mean I've got um, <laughs> one of my one of my, my suppliers came in today and he's a massive Everton fan and he came and hugged me today because <laughs> he said yes. he said we did it for you yeah. we did it for you he said there's no way we want them horrible reds winning anything yeah. he they said are, we did, did it they for do, you they absolutely dug yeah. in I yeah. mean my god they did Brilliant. play quite admirably I saw a, a tweet on my timeline somebody retweeted it by John Anarisa saying how pathetic Everton fans celebrating a draw like that and I was like John, you're missing the point. Missing the Look point. at the bigger Absolutely. picture. Yeah, Nobody yeah, yeah. in yeah. this country, yeah. apart from Liverpool fans, wants you lot to win the league. Yeah. Face the facts, and it's true. It's ABL, it's anybody but Liverpool. Here's a question for <laughs> you. I know it's a few weeks off yet, but when United play mm. against us, are the United fans going to want to see their team lose to City? Because yes. they hate no. they hate no. Liverpool no. more than so. anybody. I know, oh, I, know, will. I know a few United fans who've already told me that they do. So there's the proof in the pudding. Really? Yeah, of course. And they mean that with conviction? Yeah, 100%. I've, I've got, I've probably got, well, I've got loads of mates who are United fans, but there's, there's probably four of them whose opinion I respect, as in they make talks, they're like I am. For City, they are for United. So if they play rubbish, they'll say it. And they've said at the end of the day, there's no we'll put the under 19s team out against yeah. City. <laughs> yeah. If it means. I mean, don't you think it matters where they are? Well, not they are, where we are as well. Because if we're quite a few points ahead. Oh, that's different. That yeah, point, I think. I think. Be very different. Yeah, I think. If, if but it, I think if we're still juggling this one point. Which we will, yeah. ball, then we will you never know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I no, I think know. if we're well clear, then no. But all we'll the Solskjaer and, and these players are not going to be thinking that way, no, are they? they? No. Oh, they are. You don't know. We've been. Come Nobody on. likes no, Liverpool. But you can't throw, Even the players. Can't throw a match anyway. Football players to. don't like Liverpool. No. It's not just the fans. <laughs> Nobody likes them. End of. I think, it, I think in banter... Fergie will go in and do the team talk. <laughs> well, I think in banter, I think that they'll say it and they might half mean it from, from a humour point of view. But I think when that mat, when that ball kicks off on that day, there isn't going to be one United fan that wants to... You just think of how much you hate Liverpool now, right? And we've had two seasons of it. I don't have hate in my They've, heart. They've... They... <laughs> <laughs> they... I do. Li- <laughs> 
love United, United, United have had this for years and years and years, and they hate Liverpool more than we do. I'm telling you, I know. if it comes down to it, United will want City yeah, to be they'll, the they'll just want the draw, won't they? All right, let's move on to another subject I'd love now to get because me, me Liverpool. <laughs> we'll come back to that, no doubt, in future podcasts. But let's just talk about. Can I be on that one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd want to be on that. Uh, so we've got three games now coming up in succession. Obviously, this week is a relatively, thank goodness, I think everybody, even the fans, and I know you, Paul, after you moan about Wembley last week, are glad to have a week where you can just and get on with though. fixing um, cars and yeah. stuff, can't How you? Nice. I'm missing the oil. It's so nice to see the players on the socials, you know, like Edison looking really relaxed and Aguero's in Paris having a bit of time out and a bit of a breather and just thinking, you know what, they're fucking yeah, I think you was drunk last night on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Victory <laughs> that. I don't know. They deserve it, though, and Allegedly. it's so nice. Yeah. Well, they're having the break, but when they come back, obviously the next game's Watford in the league, mm-hmm. then it's Schalke. Uh, now, Schalke are going through a terrible time at the moment, <laughs> so you'd think that should be relatively straightforward. But, however, Champions League, you can't be taken for granted. The Champions League referees as well always have their say. Oh. True, true. Although well, that's another cynical comment from our Emily. You're in a cynical mood. And then, then it's Swansea in the FA Cup. So three different competitions. Yeah. It's the inevitable question about priorities again, Both because eating. obviously every most people, I say everybody, most people listening to this will say the priority is definitely the Premier League. But Swansea on just before the international break, well, is just before an international break. So there's no need to rest anybody in that. Um, and you've you've got big competitions to come. How do you feel about? Is there any need to prioritise? Are you concerned about any of those those games? It normally does, doesn't he? Like he normally does, kind of prioritise Champions League over FA Cup. But I really hope he doesn't, because I love the FA Cup. And would it be great to win it again? I don't think there's any need to prioritise. No. Especially with it being before the international break. Yeah. Because he, I don't think, I think we discussed before, I don't think he has a best 11. I think he selects him as he yeah. needs to. Yeah. So there's no need to prioritise. I think the teams, the different teams we're playing, are completely different teams. So I think I think they'll, the team will sort itself out. So I don't think yeah. we need to prioritise because we're going to go for the quadruple. So and obviously there are young, you know, Foden's the obvious one, but there are young players. Sandler's another one, um, you know, and players who haven't had as many minutes like Riyad Mahrez. Um, do it, it, you mentioned before about there being nine league games to go and no room for um, prior, you know, sort of adjusting to people and full-backs being given a chance to come back and all the rest of it. You just want to win every game. Has Does that attitude pervade into the FA Cup and the Champions League as well? It sounds like an obvious answer, but does it? Why Why can't it? You know, they, they've had a week off, haven't they? So why can't they get on with it? City have played 10 games more than Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the number? I'm not Three forgetting... Years. I mean, I think that this has been a really... Um, tough season because of last year's World Cup as well so you know 10 plus years ago we were crying out for City players to even be in the England team um, and yet how many players did we have last year more than anyone Cup? else 12, more than maybe, anyone else maybe more yeah um, and so these players have been playing continuously for for two years without a break they had about a week off after the World Cup did they 
So I know there are people at home can argue, well, they're on a fortune, you know, they're on a million pound a month or whatever, which is an element of that, that, you know, come on. <clears throat> they're highly they're tuned athletes though, aren't they? They yeah. are highly tuned. But again, KDB starting to pull up with... Is, is, you guys know me and I know this is going on air, but, you know, I've got this chronic condition. I know all about fatigue. And it's not, a, it's not about fitness fatigue because it's mental as mm. well. And you still have to protect the players. You don't know I was a highly tuned athlete. <laughs> you are. I, 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 played, I played rugby but, for but, many years. You know, you can't just look after the physical fitness of these players because they're still long-term investments. Mm. So you've also got to think about the mental fatigue and what's going on inside them internally to, to keep this going. Well, I, you know, we can't just lose all this at the end of the season I, I and then they go back to mid-table somewhere because they're all knackered and fatigued. So you talk about your illness and I know that I've got a few stresses, if you like, that I'm juggling at the moment um, and I know how that's affecting me and it's making me mm. tired as well. Um, so from your perspective, from your life experience, um, you think that... the it's, it's about mental fatigue as much if not more than Absolutely, physical yeah. fatigue. Yeah, you find, um, without going into too many details, you find a lot of people that have ended up with a condition I've got have been very um, sort of highly strung. They've had big careers. You know, they, they've always been on the go like I was, always on the go, very little sleep, very little rest, continuous, uh, continuously on that train. And these players, I'm recognising mm. something similar in some of them that I've personally gone through in the last 12 we, months. And I think that we have to think about that. We, we've they're discussed still human it. beings, they're not robots. We've discussed yeah. it again, we've discussed in the past about psychology in, in sport and stuff, and it's so underrated, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that comes into the same, same sort of bracket, that, you know, just because they're paid millions of pounds mm -hmm. a week, just because, you know, they're, they're dead fit and everything, it doesn't mean that they can't have issues where, you know, they're having problems at home. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. The, the car broke down. That's just a way of me bringing in prestige look car repair. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at Jesus when uh, he was having a real lack of form, mm. and the, the family came over, mm. and it just absolutely just brought every, it brought mm. him back. You know, yeah, you've just sometimes we f we do forget that, and I mean, I think Kevin Kevin De Bruyne is a bad example because th I'm pretty sure he's. He's been said that he wants to play every game, doesn't yeah. he? He's so I think he's he's probably a little bit of a bad example of what you're talking about, and I agree with what you're saying. But I, th I think some of the other players, I think uh, Vincent Company, I think he was definitely struggling with, mm. you know, with injuries that he thought was he was having when probably he wasn't really he was having them. Covering for Mangala a lot, exactly. I, I think that's why Pep's come out and said. Because, um, because if you you know when when you watch the Netflix uh, thing and which was last season, completely different kettle of fish, and he was already talking about the match after the match they hadn't even played yet. Whereas this season, he's come out and he said, "No, we're only talking about the very next game." And I think that he's not only recognised the physicality of the very next game. I think that either him or a member of his, his team has said. We cannot make this about this big picture this season because they're all going to start having breakdowns yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. Gonna, it's too yeah, much. Yeah. It's yeah, too much. Right. It's not just about them being physical athletes. This. No, I agree, and and uh, and I can relate to it as I say. So, not being a physical highly trained <laughs> athlete. No, no, I mean I'm 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 talking seriously bit, here about you know on a regular basis. Men mentally, <laughs> that, that 
people can have issues that, that, that the public don't know about. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I look at Sane, I mean, you know, you've mentioned him before. Uh, we don't know necessarily what's going on in his life. We know he's a fantastically talented footballer. And it does make me wonder, because he is a very young player. Now, you know, we talk a lot about Phil Foden in, in this podcast, for example. And we, so we always talk about him as being a young player. But you know what? In real terms, Leroy Sane and one or two of the others are not that much older. No. I mean, we're almost looking yeah. at Bernardo Silva now as being one of the senior players. Yeah. What is he, 23? <laughs> he you does know. look old, though, doesn't he? He does, he because, does yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. You, you take my point and, you know, could something be going on with Sane? I mean, there were rumours around last year that the reason he get, didn't get called up for the World Cup was because of, uh, the, you know, uh, the German coach, Lerva, had this had had a an issue with his attitude. Yeah. Now none of that's been confirmed, so we don't know that. We're only speculating, but it does make you wonder whether you know he he himself is still a relatively immature mm. um, human being. And not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, because we're all at different stages. He's away from home life. as well, isn't he? You yeah. know, he's a young that's kid that's away from home. He's just become a dad as well, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, so yeah. you don't yeah. know what's gone on there. Is he with the partner? Is he not with the partner? You and know, you know having a kid's a big thing. Oh, it's absolutely huge. I, I'm, not, I'm not pointing the finger at that being a problem because there's loads of other players who are, who are fathers as well. Uh, yeah, but we all, everybody so, reacts yeah. differently to different but, crises yeah, in their life, don't we? You don't we, know yeah. if that was a complete surprise for him or an accident or a trap, whatever. And he could be trap. going something with... Well, there's plenty, of, there's plenty of women out there. There's a loving for Well, I mean, you're in a mood tonight, aren't you? No, no, I'm in a great mood. No, I'm in a great mood, but you can't... You Allegedly. Are you suggesting a honey trap? Yeah, all allegedly is these, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not allegedly. Um, no, no but seriously, I, but you've got it, you've got it, you've got I agree with you, talking about, like, bring Sterling in, if, if, if that's okay, that he's on fire at the minute. And you can see every kick of the ball is absolutely enjoying himself. Mm. And, you know, he's slipping, sliding all over the place and he's jumping up and he's smiling and he's laughing. He's back on Twitter. He's bantering with fans. He's bantering with the lads. And that is a very positive mental attitude. He's mentally strong right and I, now. And it's showing on the pitch. And I think we've got that Chelsea fan to thank for that. I was that. just yes. about to say. In, in, in a, you know, just about turning a negative all, yeah, into yeah. a positive. Yeah. All stemmed Sterling. from that incident with the Chelsea yeah. fan. Everything is completely turned on its head. And he's just, he's loving life right now. And why shouldn't I, I want to see more of Sane. I do. I really rate him. Yeah. I think he's it's got quality oozing yeah, of every yeah. pore of his body. But at the moment, like he just seems school. to build. He, he's not consistent in every sense, no. in terms of his energy levels, in terms of his chasing back, in terms body of body language. Of everything yeah. feels yeah. inconsistent. But again, and, it could be the pressure. Yeah, and, and, and it may may be that mental pressure. Yeah. Try and you know try and and it, and again. Bringing it back to me, you know, um, what well, one of the things you have to do, you have to do pacing. You know, you have to pace your life. And if you're letting the bigger picture overwhelm you, you can't get through a day. You know, you have to, sometimes you have to take an hour at a time or a minute at a time. And, some, and I think these lads, especially the younger ones, maybe just need something other than physical coaching. I don't know if they get it at City. I don't oh, know if do. that kind of, you know... Come in my garage and work with me if you want. <laughs> so I'm quite happy to, 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 to lend them a care, a care <laughs> team around <laughs> you. Ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's been an interesting discussion tonight. Um, normally, f- these podcasts are around about an hour in duration. We're going to be slightly shorter tonight um, because apart from anything else, the Andy Morrison special is coming up this week and uh, you know your commute's already going to be full of that, hopefully, wherever you are, whether you're in Melbourne... Uh, driving along the Gold Coast, uh, wherever you are in the world, tell us what you think about this podcast. Give us a five-star rating, subscribe, retweet, share on Facebook and everything and get the world to know and make sure you do not miss that Andy Morrison interview, uh, which is coming up this Thursday. You know how good it is, don't you? It's it's so emotional listening to it. It's, it's fascinating to hear what was going on. We talk about now what we don't know what was going on. We really didn't have a clue what was going on with him when he was at City. So it's not and to be missed. That's what fascinates me about the stuff that Ian can produce and when you get yeah. to I mean, because I've, for thanks to Ian, I've met like people like Dennis Stewart, Andy Morrison yeah. and, and Neil. And when you, you sit and talk to him, it's amazing to know what, you're sat there on a pitch, you're sat on the sidelines watching him. And like we've just been discussing now, you don't know what's going through their heads. No. no. You know, David Not White, I read in his book about certain things that was going through. Just one fan shouting something at that player can just make him go... Yeah. Great illustration. And, and, and if you needed an insight, we can't talk to Leroy Sane. He's not going to come and talk about what's going on in his life. Well, he's welcome to. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, of course he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot yeah. chocolate and biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, but whether it be, whether it be Riyad Mahrez integrating into a new club and into a new squad or whatever... The, 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 the player is they are, they are not robots they are human mm. beings they do have issues and we never get to hear or see that until maybe after they've finished playing and here is a player in Andy Morrison and there are lots more stories out there and I hope to bring them to you on future podcasts of players you know on what they went through in their life you know Sean Golter coming from Bermuda what was that like to come to Manchester you know there's a whole raft of different things so uh, look out for that um, thanks again to uh, Hot Click Marketing of Manchester for sponsoring and supporting this podcast and the one coming up on Thursday. And thanks to my excellent team for being here tonight. Uh, we'll see you, all, and, and thanks very much, of course, to Will for doing some filming. And uh, one one of these days, you'll actually hear Will on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure of that. Uh, but for now, he is the silent member of the team. So uh, see you again next time. <laughs>